Father God, in the name of your son, Christ Yeshua, and by the power of his death, burial, and resurrection, by the power of his blood, here we are today, Father God, seeking your face, humbling ourselves before you, and just asking you, Father God, to wash us clean of all iniquity, give us a right mind and a right heart and a right spirit before you. Bring down the walls of hostility and help us to bring an end to all rebellion in our hearts. Help us, my God, to have the right understanding, the right insight, the right faithfulness, the right love, the right commitment, the right loyalty, the right pursuit of your kingdom, the righteousness of your kingdom. May we be faithful in all your house, O Lord, and may we see your ways in every way that your ways can be seen by our natural being. And help us, my Lord, to become like your Christ, so much like him that when they see us, they see him, and when they see him, they will surely see you. We exalt you, Father, to the highest place. We put you up on high. We see you high and lifted up. This world does not see you, nor do they see you high and lifted up. They have made their own shrine to their own glory. And as they follow that shrine to their destiny, destruction, we pray for them, Father God, that whoever amongst them is part of the elect, that they be resurrected out of that situation, my God. May they die, my God, to that situation and be reborn in the spirit of Christ Jesus. Father, this is serious business, we know. And we ask you, my God, to bring down all spirits of folly, all silliness, all foolishness, all waywardness, my God. May it all be brought low right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, expose every deception, expose every lie of the devil, and expose, Father God, everything that is not of you. Bless us, oh my God, and help us to see your glory, not just in fragments and in pieces, but to give us in our hearts the whole counsel of the word of God. May we be able to operate in the full counsel of the word of God, not just a portion that leans to the left or a portion that leans to the right, but let us be upright in the spirit and right-minded and right-spirited and right-hearted in everything that we do. Bless us, O Lord, and help us to walk strong in the faith. Keep us, my God, and take coverage over this word and take coverage over the ears that hear this word and take coverage over the minds that receive this word, my God that in everything we might walk under your covering, under the umbrella of your righteousness. May you cover us in the cleft of the rock, protecting us from the hand of the enemy and meeting our daily needs, my God, that we might not, my God, fall short of doing what we have to accomplish in you. Strengthen us, oh my God, and take away every deception, take away every lie, expose every falsehood, every deceit, expose the wicked schemes of the enemy, Help us to stand strong in the faith, committed, my God, to the love of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, and the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Saints, today is going to be a monumental day. I can sense it in the spirit. I got up this morning and I uh, started putting on the worship music, and that's that's everybody has their own consecrating peace. We're going to talk about that a bit today too, about consecration and how we are to consecrate ourselves 
to the righteousness of God. A lot of us, I don't think we understand consecration. We kind of do prayers as a routine, or we read a segment of the word, our daily bread or whatever, as a routine. And we kind of maybe we listen to a little bit of worship as a routine, but we, we're not operating with a target in mind. Consecration is all about being able to carry your cross and carrying your cross is walking in the Beatitudes. I think a lot of people are focused on perfecting church life or perfecting their Christian religious life, but they're not focused on perfecting the relationship. Carrying your cross every day is putting on the consciousness of Christ. And that's the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is the consciousness of Christ. Christ walked with the spirit of the Beatitudes. The Sermon on the Mount was actually his entire ministry. He preached a message about exactly how he was going to walk before the people. And he walked before the people perfectly and without flaw up until his death. So he said, for us to be his students, disciple means student, we are to follow in that teaching, follow in that leadership, follow in that direction. And that means that we need to know our place, spiritually speaking, we need to know our place and how we carry ourselves. Uh, you know, um, my daughter's getting married, one of my spiritual daughters is getting married this weekend, and um, I had to ask for the day off from work. And um, I told them I was conducting the wedding. And they said, you're a pastor? And I went, yes. And they said, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They didn't know it. But it affected the way I carried myself with them for the rest of the day. I was like, is everything that I'm doing pastoral? You know? And, and of course, that shouldn't be really the concern, right? The concern should be, am I walking in beatitude living? And so when you consecrate yourself in the morning, what you should be doing is consecrating yourself into a state of submission to the Beatitudes. You know, I think a lot of times we walk in spirits of rebellion without knowing that in certain areas of our life, we're walking in a spirit of rebellion. And the Bible says the spirit of rebellion or that rebellion is like the sin of divination. Okay, so uh, a lot of people in this age don't really see the word divination right. So let's just put it this way, sorcery. I think people might understand that better. Okay. If you're a male, that means you, when you're in a rebellion, you're functioning like a warlock. Okay. And if you're a female, if you're in rebellion, then you're functioning like a witch. Okay. And this is before God. And so that's not a small matter. The Bible says the sin of divination is like, excuse me, the sin of rebellion is like the sin of divination meaning they have a comparative nature. Wow. And so who would want to be a warlock? Who would want to be a witch? So every morning we get up and we've got to disband ourselves of our sinful nature, disband ourselves of those warlock and witch-like spirits and come into submission to the glory of God. So when I got up this morning and I was listening to some worship, that's sort of how I get myself centered into Beatitude Living and as you're getting yourself centered into Beatitude living, this is a real practical wisdom. You start to allow things to surface to your mind. Maybe people you have an anger against that you have to release. Uh, a situation where you know for a fact you didn't carry yourself properly. You have to then there repent so that you are perfect. The Bible says be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. And so remember, uh, some people say, well, we can't be perfect. I mean, we have a sinful nature. We're all going to fall short of the glory. 
And that's absolutely true. We all do fall short of the glory, but our goal is perfection. Our goal is not to recognize we fall short of the glory. So whatever our goal is perfection, who does a job, but does it only halfway. They do it with all their heart to prove their ability, who paints a painting, but only paints it to half their ability, who lives only up to half their desire. And if that's your story, repent, because that's a form of insecurity that you need to die to. We need to be excellent and perfect in our obediences. And excellent and perfect in our obediences does not mean excellent and perfect in following laws. It means excellent and perfect in our heart posture, excellent and perfect in our heart condition. And that's what beatitude living does. And so when Christ said, seek ye first, this is not second or third or fourth or fifth, seek ye first his kingdom. A lot of people understand that. We've heard that. Seek first the kingdom, right? That was our last live, right? Day 14. We're in day 16 now. So today we're going to talk about and his righteousness. Santo, glory to God. Hallelujah. His righteousness is that beatitude living. That's his, that's his righteousness. Santo, hallelujah. His righteousness is that beatitude living. That's his righteousness. And so are we seeking his kingdom and his righteousness? Seeking his kingdom means we're about his business. Seeking and saving the lost, helping the saved stay saved and keeping ourselves saved as well, right? We're about his business. But just helping people be Christian and staying Christian and helping other Christians to become Christians, okay, or stay Christians. We have to seek his righteousness, his uprightness. And that's every morning. That's carrying your cross. That's every single day. Every single day. You got to get up and you got to pray. You got to pray out the negativities, pray out the rebellions, pray out the hatreds, pray out the angers until you're reconciled. Reconciliation is complete agreement in mind and spirit with the Beatitudes, all losing all spirits of judgment, losing all spirits of condemnation, all murders, losing all eye for eyes and tooth for tooths, losing all worry, operating in a poorness of spirit, human spirit, strong in Holy Spirit, right? operating in meekness and mildness. This is consecration. And a lot of disciples do not carry their cross daily. In fact, they go maybe even days and weeks without their cross. It's very dangerous. And so when he led them into the wilderness, one of the things that he was trying to do was gain their attention about what uprightness and righteousness is. He didn't want too many voices in their head. He wanted to be the only voice. And when Moses came down, he read the Ten Commandments, right? And when Jesus went on, when Jesus first meeting with the crowd of people, he gave the Sermon on the Mount, the spiritualization of the Ten Commandments. That's what it was. The Sermon on the Mount is the spiritualization of the Ten Commandments. And when Moses prophesied concerning Jesus, he said, God will raise up a prophet like myself. And you must do everything he says. Anyone who does not obey everything he says will be cut off from the people. He will not accept any rebellion. 
And when God gave the instructions to Moses, said, be careful to instruct the people to obey all the things I have commanded. Be careful to instruct the people to obey all the things I've commanded you. Santo, glory to God. Righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So in the wilderness, he had them silently isolated under his mentorship and covering. Do you know that you're always mentored and you're always covered? You don't ever really operate with your own mind. You were never meant to operate completely with your own mind. When Satan told Eve about operating with, a, with her own mind, he was really trying to usurp God's leadership so that he could become her leader. The human soul is a temple. It's a temple designed to house a deity, not housed to just hold a life force of a living being, but to actually house a, a, a church building, a temple, is made to house a deity. Satan wanted to ouster God as the deity so that he could become the deity. But you're always following somebody or someone or something. You are meant to be in community with a covering. And so spiritually speaking, if God's covering you, then you are operating under the guides of the Beatitudes. But now if God's not governing you, or if you're not operating in the guides of the Beatitudes, then God's not the one that's covering you in that moment. In that moment, you're submitted to another force, another spirit, another leader. You know, we grow up and we grew up in a generation that wants to believe that we are independent, but that's fundamentally at the very core, a lie. No one is completely independent. Everyone is affiliated or associated with or connected with someone or something. Spiritually speaking, you are a temple. And so you house a supernatural being, a supernatural person. For those of us who are disciples, we house the supernatural nature of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is not schizophrenic. It's going to testify to the things that Jesus testified to. And Jesus testified to these Beatitudes. And inside these Beatitudes, he taught how to perfect our heart condition. So every day when we get up to carry our cross, we ought to be at some point during that consecration, praying, releasing, binding, excavating, embracing, affirming, encouraging, rejecting all the things that either are or are not associated with the righteousness of beatitude living. And that should be first, not second, not third, not fourth. See, often we get focused on the practice of Christianity instead of the condition of relationship. For it says that Christ will not accept any rebellion. So if in our spirit we're operating with some form of rebellion against an instruction from God, then in that particular area, the Holy Spirit is not going to move. Fortunately for us, because of the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit doesn't just leave us like it did Adam and Eve. 
he stays there constantly wooing and encouraging us to change our attitude so that we are in obedience. And so what happens is when you get up in the morning and you weak in your consecrations and you're weak in your centering yourself and carrying your cross, things, I'm going to share something with you. You know, I took personal training, so I'm going to use something from that. There's something in your body, a fat buildup that happens when you're resting. It's called myofascia. It's kind of a murky, milky type substance. The best I can relate it to is if you ever cleaned chicken, that kind of mucusy fat under the skin, above the muscle of the chicken, that's myofascia. And that myofascia, when you get up in the morning and you stretch and you move, that myofascia gets burned off. It literally gets consumed, right? It gets burned off. But if you are, if you have, if, if, you, if you're lethargic, you don't move too much, the myofascia just starts staying there. Now, as time goes on, that myofascia can harden. And then your mobility becomes less and less and less. And now that which probably functioned as some uh, protective, energetic, valuable part of your being, right, now becomes a deficit. So you consecrate yourself in the morning, but you kind of slip shoddy on seeking first his righteousness, because we know you're going to seek the kingdom, right? Because we talk about that all the time. But are you seeking his righteousness? So if you get up in your consecration and you're not rightly seeking his righteousness, think of it like myofascia that's not getting burned off. So then what happens is it begins to harden. And then getting rid of it now becomes even more problemsome. That's why the Bible says, do not let the sun set on your anger. Do not leave the devil a foothold. So similar fact, similar principle goes with your consecration. If you get up in the morning and, you know, you're releasing things, you know, you're releasing your spouse, you're releasing your neighbors, you're releasing some pain in your job, you're releasing some anxiety in your school, you're releasing some trauma from your past, whatever it is, and you're trying to get centered. Listen about being centered. Centered means, off-centered means you're not in alignment with beatitude thought. I like to say, because we like to say in alignment with Christ, but that's so ambiguous. What does that mean to be in alignment with Christ? Well, Christ is what he says. He is what he speaks. He's not a hypocrite. So when he preached the Sermon on the Mount, he was preaching himself. He's the word that became life that dwelt among us. And he's speaking his own actual being to the people. Yes, you received the Ten Commandments. But you have heard it said this way. But I want you to now see it spiritually this way. I want you to see it this way now. Okay? That's Christ. So when you talk about being Christ-centered, you have to be beatitude conscious, walking, thinking, functioning. So when you get up and you're consecrating yourself in your wilderness, because honestly, consecration is in and of itself a mini wilderness, right? Some of us, we like to be alone when we consecrate. In some Christian term, Christian realms, they refer to it as a quiet time. Okay. And so you're conscious, right? of the Christ consciousness, which is the Beatitudes, and you're 
conscious, right, of our own attitude, which isn't necessarily aligned, right? And so then in consecration, our mini wilderness, we bring those two consciousness and alignment. And now we're centered. Centered. And now we're able to manifest the glory of Christ to the world. And if we're slipshod on seeking first his righteousness, then rocks start to form in our heart. Hardnesses take place in our heart. And then whatever it is that hardened the heart becomes that much more difficult to get rid of because it's sort of hovered around there long enough that it's kind of stuck. Santo, glory to God. So I know we kind of went on. Normally we do this for about 20 minutes or so. We're going a little over. I know that a lot of us are prepared to be able to jump off at around that 7.30 time frame, Eastern Standard Time frame. But for those of us who can hang on, I want you to hang on because we want to get past the abstractions of this reality and we want to start embracing this reality in prayer. And so let us pray. Father, in the name of your son, Christ Yeshua, we come before you in brokenness and submission, just prepared to be who we're called to be, my God. If we're a man, we're called to live as a priest, as a man of God who honors your place in his life and who honors your responsibility and honors the walk that you've given us. And if you're a child, you honor your parents. And if you're a wife, you honor your husband. And if you're a husband, you love your wife. And if you're an employee, you honor your employer, regardless of his character and nature, out of respect for Christ. When we work, we work as unto Christ. And we let go of our enemies, my God. We release them to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We surrender each and every one of our enemies to you, my God. And we love them, my God. We ask that they come to a place of repentance and transformation. If we search our hearts, my God, and find any angst in our being concerning any soul on this earth, my God, may we release them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Just praying right now, saints, and I just ask you to just start to reflect on anybody and everyone that you might have some animosity towards, I ask that you release them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Give them over to God. Submit them to Christ so that you might be centered. Search our hearts, my God. See if there be any pride, any ego, any arrogance, any lovelessness right now in the mighty name of any self-justification right now in the mighty name of Jesus. May your glory, may your majesty, may your grace become everything to us right now. May we seek first, not only your kingdom, my God, but also your righteousness, Lord. We release them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We let it go right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every false thought process, every irrational way of thinking, we die to all flesh consciousness right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We release any judgmental attitudes we may have towards souls right now. If you have a spirit of judgment against the spirit of condemnation against any soul, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you release that soul right now. 
Hallelujah. If there's a need to repent in any area, in attitude, in heart, in mind, we release it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Any spirits of rebellion, we release it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That your grace, that your mercy, that your righteousness may prevail. We thank you, my God. We seek your face. We, we see, my God, your glory and your majesty. Releasing right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. 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 Praise God. Saints, I want to encourage you. We did that somewhat as sort of like an exercise. But I want to I want to encourage you every day. The Bible says he who does not carry his cross every day cannot be my disciple. Unfortunately, in the world of Christianity for which we live today, there is a very slipshod attitude towards the Beatitudes, a sort of a slipshod attitude towards consecration, a sort of slipshot attitude towards righteous walk in Christ Jesus. It's not that we fall short of the glory of God, for man has felt short of the glory of God since Adam fell to this very day. But what God is calling for now is the right heart condition to be cry out for the righteousness of Christ to take dominance in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you, don't be slipshot in your daily consecrations to pick up your cross and carry it every single day without fail. Come to a place of brokenness and submission before the God, before the Lord, so that he might heal you, lift you up, and exalt you on high. I pray in the spirit of Christ that this wisdom finds its place in everyone's heart and the righteousness of what was said be completely revealed to all who hear it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And saints, have a great morning.